Well, listen, how many ready for the word of God today? I, uh, I want to I wanna conclude this, this Sunday edition of our, of our Cheat Code series. There's two verses of scripture I want to read in Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse number 24. It says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him, and he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I want to talk from this subject in our time together, family. I don't get tired. Clap your hands if you're ready for God's word. I, I, don't, I don't get tired. So family, I wanna, I wanna ease into this introduction today by articulating the truth that I got some good news and I got some bad news. I start with the bad news first. And the bad news is that the enemy, our adversary, uh, is, has unleashed a spiritual weapon of mass destruction upon the body of Christ in a way. I'm good, brother has unleashed a spiritual weapon of mass destruction. Thank you, man, I'm good. Has unleashed a spiritual weapon of mass destruction on the body of Christ that is inhibiting uh, our ability to advance as God intended. It is a weird working of the weapon because the, the way the enemy works the weapon we don't even know that the weapons being worked against us. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. I was reading Isaiah 54, verse number 16. And God says, behold, I created the blacksmith who blows coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. I have created the spoiler to destroy and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Listen to this. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is interesting now because the enemy is working a weapon. But through Isaiah, God proclaims the weapon won't work. Notice, notice Isaiah does not specifically identify what kind of weapon it is. The assumption we can make is it doesn't matter. Whatever weapon is formed. Did you hear what I just said? Notice now that Isaiah did not limit the veracity and the accuracy of this statement to a certain time period. Which means not only does it not matter whatever weapon is formed, it also doesn't matter whenever it comes. Whatever, whenever, it won't work. 
And I believe I got some witnesses online and some witnesses in this room that can honestly admit that when you look back over your life, you see the wrong thing happen at the wrong time. Some of us are honest enough to admit to say when we've dealt through experiences and circumstances that we didn't expect, we even said to God, not now. This is the worst time for, th for it to happen. But that situation gave you a revelation of what God proclaimed in the book of Isaiah. And that is, it doesn't matter when the weapon forms and it doesn't matter what the weapon is. God says it will form, but it will not prosper. In other words, if we don't avoid, we will overcome. However, in order, to in order to overcome these weapons, we've got to identify them. And in our time together today, I want to I identify and expose what I believe the enemy is using in an attempt to inhibit God's people from advancing. I want to I expose a weapon he has in his arsenal that he's using to rob God's people of God's best. And this weapon, this spiritual weapon of mass destruction, this secret weapon of mass destruction is a weapon called settling. Did you hear what I just said? I said it is a weapon called settling. The scriptures teach that the enemy comes, the thief comes, to steal, kill, and destroy. I've learned that he doesn't have to steal if he can get us to settle. Did you hear what I just said? He doesn't have to steal if he can get us to settle. He doesn't have to kill if he can get us to settle. He doesn't have to destroy if he can get us to settle. He doesn't have to plunder what we possess if he can stop us from pursuing it so that we never possess it. Did you hear what I just said? Settling. What do you mean, Pastor Darius? I mean settling is intentionally or unintentionally accepting a state of existence that is inconsistent with God's intention. That's what I mean. I mean it's when you look at the promises in scripture and refuse to pursue them. It is accepting the wilderness because it's better than Egypt, but you've got potential to walk into Canaan. It's accepting good when you've destined for great. It is accepting surviving when you You've been created to thrive it's accepting a mate instead of waiting on your mate let me go to this side settling it's, it's accepting a business instead of your business settling it's a state of existence that the enemy keeps us in not just because settling in impacts us personally but settling impacts us purposefully that you cannot accomplish your purpose if you are living in a state of existence where you are settling because purpose requires the fulfillment of your potential and your potential is latent or untapped ability there's some stuff on the inside of you that you hadn't unearthed yet there are some competencies and some capabilities that you hadn't even identified yet and the enemy wants to keep you uninformed of what's really in you he knows what's in you and he knows if you ever know what's in you that there's nothing he'll be able to do with you so he fights hard to try to keep you from knowing what's in you because he knows he can handle you as long as you are settling but he can't handle you 
you when you step into God's supernatural. Settling. And there's something I've learned about settling. Can I teach this today? I said there's something I've learned about settling. My question is, do you want to know? Here's what I learned about settling. Many times we do not settle because we want average. We settle because we're exhausted. I feel it over. This my y'all helping me today. Who's I'm gonna say it one more time. More often than not, we aren't settling because we want average. We're settling because we're exhausted. We settle because we've been consistently extending energy, attempting to acquire and accomplish something that is seemingly not happening in our lives. We settle because the chronic and consistent disappointment of our expectations not being met becomes so emotionally damaging and traumatizing we now start playing it safe instead of being disappointed I'd rather lower my standard and forfeit my destiny we are exhausted and when I say exhaustion, I'm not talking about a physical type of uh, fatigue that can be addressed with sleep. I'm not talking about your body being tired. I'm talking about your soul being tired. What's that? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your imaginations, and your affections. See, when your body is tired, you can fix that with some sleep. But when your soul is tired, you can go to sleep and still not get rest. Is there anybody here, anybody watching that can be honest and say, I've tossed and turned all night long. I, I know what it's like to get sleep but not get a rest. But I got good news. I heard Jesus say, come unto me. I wish I had a church right here. All ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest for your soul exhausted exhausted trying to break the glass ceiling exhausted trying to make the relationship work exhausted from fighting negative and cynical thoughts exhausted from waking up every day sad exhausted from thinking from thinking people really love you and then getting the revelation that they were using you it, 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 exhausted in believing that God's finally gonna send me somebody that sees me for who I am and values me for my authenticity exhausted and if, if People would be honest when they were asked, how you doing? The real answer is, I'm tired. Where is my, let me go over here. I said, if we would honestly answer the question we're frequently asked, how are you doing? The real answer would be, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs>
I'm exhausted. Can I teach this? But there's something else I learned about settling. Settling, watch this family. Settling, watch this. Doesn't show up in your practices first. Settling shows up in your prayers first. Did you hear what I just said? I said settling doesn't show up in your practices first. Settling shows up in your prayers first. You can tell when you getting ready to settle on the outside because you start settling on the inside. I want to know who's going to help me preach this this morning. Yep, your prayers all of a sudden become tamed. When you're not exhausted, you pray Jabez type prayers. Did you hear what I just said? Who was a biblical character in the Old Testament whose name was Jabez because his mother named him because he was painful in childbirth. So he's got a relationship where a person of influence projected their pain upon him. So now he's got to carry a name forever because she named him based on what she was going through in a season. So the whole, his whole life, he's been hearing, come here, thou who has caused me pain. Come eat, thou who has caused me pain. Clean up your room, thou who has caused me pain. Go to school, thou who has called me pain. And the same man that got sick and tired of being sick and tired said to God, God, I pray that you would bless me. Let me see my Bible readers and bless me indeed. Watch what he says, enlarge my territory. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, we used to pray Jabez prayers. But when you get exhausted, you go from untamed prayers to safe prayers. So your prayers no longer become a pathway to uh, your destiny, your prayers become something that protects you from disappointment. But I came today to get them prayers out of that cage. I said I came today to push you back into dangerous prayers. I came today to push you back into stuff that if you prayed it out loud, people would wonder what's going on with you and what you're thinking about. And I came to give you the audacity and the unmitigated gall to say, God, if you say I can have it, I want it. Let me find my old school church goers. Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred. Ninety-nine and a half just won't do because settling shows up in your prayers first. Safe prayers. <laughs> Lord, I feel this right here, it's not in my notes, but, but some of you right now are going through a season of confusion because God has closed the door on an opportunity that you were about to settle for. 
I need you to hear you need to hear when I just shift it he said you know what you are about to take less than what I have in mind for you so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna protect you from your own choices my god i feel somebody getting ready to break out of that safe cage today i feel somebody getting ready to step into exceedingly and abundantly above all our prayers become tame docile measured and timid because we've forgotten a principle proclaimed by the apostle paul where he says in galatians 6 9 let us not become weary in well-doing for at the proper time one translation says in due season see i know you thought there were four seasons and if you live culture's way there are four seasons winter spring summer fall but in the kingdom we got a fifth season winter spring summer fall and due season i came to tell somebody you in the fifth season of the year this is your due season sit down this 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 principle does not just apply to our practices This, see, wait a minute. I think y'all, uh, give me Galatians 6, 9 one more time. Because what I said wasn't incorrect, but I was almost incomplete. Uh, let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if. If we do not give up. One translation says, if we faint not. One of the reasons people faint is because of sickness. Another reason people can faint is because of exhaustion. And the devil's trying to wear you out emotionally because he's not trying to get you to faint physically. He's trying to get you to faint emotionally. But if I was sitting next to you, I'd shake you and say, wake up. If you don't quit, there's a tipping point. If you don't quit there's a place and a space that you will step into where all of the labor and all of the years and all of the work and all of the effort starts compounding and all the work you put in for years starts compounding in your life in a season come on now where the reapers start overtaking the sowers This principle not only applies to our practices, it applies to our prayers. And an amazing example of this is seen in our text here in the book of Genesis. This is an, 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 an interesting story because Jacob's story, ladies and gentlemen, is a powerful personification of the importance of persistence in prayer. 
We, we're introduced to his story. He's attempting to have a moment of reconciliation with an, with an estranged brother who was very temperamental and violent and Jacob does not know what to expect and so he's getting ready uh, to travel and he hears word that his brother is coming with a whole bunch of men to meet him and he doesn't know what he's getting ready to run into so he sends his family away and Genesis 32 24 says so Jacob was left alone he was he was left alone this was important because there are times where God orchestrates isolation to free you from codependency. I wish the nine o'clock would talk back to me today. I said there are times where God orchestrates isolation to free you from codependency. See, some ghosting was God. Let me go back over here. I'm going to say it one more time. Are y'all okay? I said some ghosting was God. You know, I can't believe they ghosted me and God was like, I was behind that because I needed to show you something that you couldn't see unless I allowed you to experience that because you wouldn't know I was all you needed until I put you in a situation where I was all you had. And Jacob was left alone. And it says, and, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Wait a minute. All right. In verse 24, it says, a man wrestled with him. Am I making sense? This, this is a little confusing. Uh, but, but in verse 27, it says, the man asked him, what's your name? Jacob. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob because you struggle with God and with humans. Put that on the screen, guys. Uh, with God and with humans. So wait a minute. Verse 24 says, it's a man. Verse 28 says, it's God and humans. So which one is it? Maybe it's both. Because you can be wrestling with God and you at the same time. I am just throwing out for your consideration that Jacob was wrestling with Israel. Israel is who he was getting ready to become. Jacob was who he was. And if you are honest, we are all in seasons where there's a wrestling match between who I used to be and who I'm supposed to become. But notice the Bible says the wrestling doesn't start until he gets to a certain place. He gets to a place called Jabbok. And God says, this is as far as Jacob can go. Once you leave Jabbok, Jacob stays in Jabbok. I feel this. Jacob went in, but Israel is coming out. Did you hear what I just said? 
and maybe somebody that's watching somebody in this room maybe you are in a jabbok season you're at a place where god says now the old version of you was good because jacob wasn't struggling he was blessed he had servants he had family he was blessed but god's like are you gonna settle for being better than you were at your mama's house or are you willing to step into what i got for you because jacob ain't bad israel's just better And some of you are wrestling and you don't understand why there are things about you now that you used to tolerate that you don't even tolerate what you come on yes yeah, some of you are realizing now that there are things about you that you used to be okay with that you're no longer okay with now God has opened your eyes and there are things about you that you didn't see before and you see now you're like God why am I seeing this now he's saying you at Jabbok he says, when I get ready to pull you out of this season, I'm getting ready to do what eyes haven't seen and what ears haven't heard. He says, this version of you is good, but the, what I have for you in the future requires Israel. And that Bible, my Bible says, and Jacob wrestled all night. That means he wrestled in the dark. Wrestled and didn't even know why. Just fighting for his life. Watch this. And the man saw he couldn't overpower Jacob. The man said, let me go it's daybreak in other words we've been doing this all night <laughs> you not tired we've been doing this all night long you not tired all these years you're not tired? All those no's? You're not tired? All that disappointment? You're not tired? Jacob said, I don't get tired. I will not let you go. Listen to me, here it is for my note takers. What you get out of some struggles is what you refuse to leave without. I'm gonna let it sit right there. Jacob said, no way in the world I'm going to do all this fighting and not get anything out of it. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Okay. So watch what the man says. Watch what the man says. The man says that he's wrestling with, what's your name? I got to go. He wrestling with him. Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. What's your name? 
I won't let you go until you bless me. What's your name? I won't let you go until you bless me. What's your name? Jacob asked for a blessing. He asked for Jacob's name. He says, watch this. I'm not going to give you a blessing. I'm going to bless you. Okay. <laughs> See, most of the time when we say bless me, what we really mean is give me a blessing. But God says here, I'm not going to give you a blessing. I'm actually going to bless you. Which means, he says, your name shall no longer be Jacob, swindler, trickster, conniver, scammer. It shall be Israel, which means prince with God. So he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you a version of you that doesn't have to ask me for the things the old version did. Because this new version of you will go get it for yourself. I don't know who this is for, but you in your green light season. Because when you become Israel, the stuff you used to ask for... You go get it yourself. I'm done, Tario. Here's my question. Here's my question. Or oh, here's my observation. Jacob didn't even know what was on the other side of his persistence. He, which means if he would have let go in the middle of the night, he would have never knew what he missed. That's the scary part about settling. You never get to see what you miss. It's things that God said, yeah, I wanted to do that for you, but you, you're going to live your whole life not knowing what could have been. Because that's the scary part about settling, is you don't get to see what you missed. So his wrestling is a metaphor for our wrestling in prayer. It is the principle of persistence that Jesus talks about in Luke 11 when the disciples ask him how to pray and he, get, he, he doesn't just give them a practice of prayer, the Lord's prayer he gives them a principle for prayer and tells a parable and says hey if, you, if, uh, if somebody needs some food and they wake up in the middle of the night and go to their neighbor house and knock on the door, the neighbor gonna say go back, come back in the morning, I'm asleep so they got a relationship but the relationship ain't enough to get them to open the door and he said, come on, man, give me something. And they say, no, come back in the morning. So the request isn't enough to open the door. But Jesus said, because of their shameless audacity, because they keep knocking, what a relationship won't do and what a request won't do, resilience will. So he literally teaches them the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11 and then gives them a parable on persistence. It's his way of saying, now this don't work without persistence. He's saying this doesn't work without persistence. 
that you've got to pray through. You don't pray and quit. Because that's the equivalent of letting go in the middle of the night. What have you stopped praying for? That's an area of your life where you've decided to settle. When you make a decision to stop praying, you've made a decision to settle. So you've got to persist through. Through what, Pastor Darius? Persist through panic. Persist through pondering. Wrestling with, that's when you're wrestling with that for which you don't have an explanation. And you got to push through and persist through pain. Because the cheat code within the cheat code is persistence. A soul that says, I don't get tired Lord give us the strength to endure I pray that you resurrect resilience in your people I pray for dangerous prayers I pray this in the name of Jesus. If you receive it, say amen. amen. Clap your hands all over this house, family. I said give him praise.